Are you ready to elevate your doula business to the next level? I want to introduce you to the ultimate guide to crafting your kick-ass doula packages. Whether you're a seasoned doula looking to refresh your offerings or just starting out in the field, this free guide is your roadmap to success. In this guide, you'll find strategies to tailor your services for your clients, ways to make the prices sustainable for you and something that you feel really great about, and different creative ways to make your doula packages unique to you and not just the same as everybody else's in the industry. This is a free guide and you can download it right now. Head over to hurrahdoulaservices.com slash doula packages to get your copy today. Kaylee Daily, the weekly podcast about all things doula tips and tips. I am Kaylee Harad, your host and childbirth educator, doula, mom of three, um, wife of one, and yeah, I'm here hanging out with you today talking about consent. So um, if you have been around for any length of time, um, you know that it really matters to me that my clients and my students and just pregnant people in general know their options, make our active decision makers, right? <laughs> Consent filled decision makers, um, and are making informed decisions all throughout the process of labor. Now, you've heard about my class, right? The birth prep blueprint. Um, and one of the reasons I made it is that I think consent or advocacy are both kind of abstract concepts um, sometimes. And especially I think in labor, when you haven't ever been in labor before, it's easy to have a hard time imagining what it looks like or even knowing which things you want to be advocating for yourself about, right? Because that's not always the same for everyone. So um, one of the things that you will find if you take my class is that in every single module, I go over what does it look like to advocate for yourself in this part of this process, right? So in pregnancy, what does it look like? In early labor, what does it look like? In pushing, what does it look like? In postpartum, in newborn care, like what does it look like for you to advocate for yourself? What does it sound like? What are some actual scripts you can use, right? Because sometimes it's a matter of knowing the right language. Um, So that is what this podcast today is about. It's about what does it look like to have informed consent or just to consent all throughout the process of birth. Um, I think It's wildly important because it's one of the things actually that has been linked to um, satisfaction and and good mental health at the end of a at the end of a birth um, during a postpartum period is that you understood what happened in the midst of your labor and you were an active decision maker um, and you felt seen and respected and listened to. Right. So imagine um, a scenario with me. Um, Let's say you're giving birth in a hospital and you arrive to the hospital and the um, nurse who greets you says something like, "Um, I'm going to put your IV in now. Okay. Now, um, ideally you have arrived to the hospital 
with the knowledge that putting an IV port in is part of the desires of most hospital providers, right? It's one of the hospital policies that a lot of hospitals have. Um, hopefully, you know, like, why they like to do that and the risks and benefits associated with that and whether or not um, you have feelings about it, right? Um, but even if you arrive with the plan of having an IV port, thinking like, yeah, I definitely – I'm for it, right? I understand it's to mitigate risks. I understand that it's for emergency purposes, et cetera. Maybe I need antibiotics in the midst of labor, and so is, or I'm planning an epidural, and so I plan to have an IV, and that's fine. That's fine, right? What I'm not saying is you need to arrive to the hospital and say no to the IV, right? That is not that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you arrive and it's said to you like, I'm going to put your IV in now, Instead of saying something like, I um, would like to place your IV, or are you fine with me placing your IV, or um, it's hospital policy for you to have an IV in your arm, Do is that okay with you? Or even just, I need to put an IV in you, or your provider has asked for an IV to be in you, do you mind where I put it? Like, how do you feel about me putting it in? Where do you want it, right? That makes an enormous difference, okay? And I know it might sound kind of silly, but it actually is huge. It's a really big deal. And in birth, sometimes, especially in a hospital setting where lots of people are giving birth at the same time and your team is managing more than one labor in most cases, then um, you can kind of get in the habit of saying things a certain way. And I am guilty of this as a birth doula, right? Um, and it's easy to kind of get into this space of saying things a certain way and then be, and then forgetting that what you're saying actually isn't a question, right? You're not actually asking permission, right? Um, and so I think one thing to think about if you're the person giving birth, right? And I know I have some doulas who listen to this podcast, so we'll talk about if you're the person providing support as well. Um, but you're the, let's say you're the person giving birth, right? You're the pregnant person. Then um, something as simple as putting on your birth plan that you want to ask, you want someone to ask you for verbal consent before they do things. Or you'd like for things to be thoroughly explained to you. Oftentimes, even just interrupting that like sort of script that the providers have can be enough for them to be like, oh, yes, what we're saying doesn't make sense to you or you don't understand the words that we're using or whatever. So we can just explain it. Right. And there um, in my experience, many providers are not intending to coerce you, although um, some are. Right. I mean, that's just that's just the truth. <laughs> some are. Um, and, and some, many are just following the scripts that they know, and they aren't taking into consideration that what they're saying to you is a statement of what they're going to do rather than a question, right? Rather than asking permission. Um, and, and I think as a, as a pregnant person, I think going in expecting to get asked matters, because then you also set the stage for that expectation to be followed, right? So you can say things like, um, 
I really want to understand what you're doing at all times. So if you're doing something, please explain it to me. And, um, and if that desire is not respected and you're in a hospital setting, there's almost always another provider <laughs> present or another nurse. So you can ask for a different care team. Okay. Um, however, this is something that I think is pretty easy to see before labor. So I've sometimes had clients say things to me like, I'm with this group, but I don't really feel listened to. And I will talk to them about that. Like, what do you, what do you mean when you say that? Like, do you feel like they're, um, like annoyed when you ask them questions? Do you feel like they, um, don't want to explain things to you? Do they use words like, we're going to give you a little something? Or do they say, we're going to give you this medication, right? This specific medication. Um, do they say, like, my preference is blah, 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 but this is your, this is your choice, right? Um, or do they tell you, you absolutely have to do this and there's no discussion of risk and benefit, right? If that's happening in pregnancy, it's going to happen in labor. I don't know any providers who do that less in labor than they do during pregnancy. If they do it now, that's what they do, right? Don't expect for that to change. Um, and in pregnancy, that's the easiest time for you to advocate for yourself before you are, in fact, in labor, because you're in a space where you're not dealing with contractions, right? It's not urgent in the sense that it's not happening right this second like labor is. Um, and so when you see those red flags, that is the time to advocate for yourself in in the sense of just changing providers, if that's the situation, right? Um, now, in any given area... People like birth doulas usually have a pretty good idea of the birth culture in different places of giving birth. So if you are wanting to change providers, getting in touch with a local doula um, to maybe have a session to talk about that or even hiring a local doula so that you can have some guidance and that is really important. Um, but it is significantly easier <laughs> to advocate for yourself when you're not contracting. So having that um, in advance is really important. Now, um, oh, I forgot my disclaimer at the beginning of this lovely episode. So I am not your medical provider. Um, I am an educator, and therefore this is education and entertainment only. Um, please do not take it as medical advice. So um, one of the reasons that I think it's really important to have childbirth education, and I promise this is connected to what we're talking about, um, is that you don't necessarily know what you want or don't want, what you need or don't need in the midst of labor until you have become educated about some of those things, right? So, um, for instance, if you're with an OB provider group that's a big group that has tons of people giving birth there, um, I have had clients refer to these kind of practices like baby factories where it feels like you're part of an assembly line. Like you get your weight taken, you get your blood pressure done, you like pee in a cup and then you see the doctor for five minutes and then you're done. Right. And, um, probably listen to the fetal heart rate in there somewhere, <laughs> but it's like very streamlined. Right. And so if you're a disruption to that stream, then it can cause problems. So if you're asking questions about it, if you're wanting to know information about something, then that can kind of back that up. Now, um, what can sometimes happen in pregnancy and also in labor is that 
if this is your first time doing this, you don't necessarily have anything to compare it to, right? So you might think all providers spend five to 10 minutes with their clients, right? Or um, all hospitals require whatever policy it is, right? But that is just not the case, okay? Now, um, I don't entirely fault practitioners, providers who have to spend five to 10 minutes with clients. I know that some of that is based on insurance and all, like there are other systemic issues. I get it, right? So providers, it's not that I hate all of you. Um, That is absolutely not the case. Um, However, I do think knowing that there are differences, there are different ways of managing pregnancy. There are providers who spend more time with you. Um, There are hospitals that have more patient-centered policies. There um, are safe options outside of the hospital if you're wanting an unmedicated labor. And so um, that, I think, is really important to know. Now, um, let's talk briefly about what does it look like for consent and informed decision-making in an out-of-hospital setting, okay? Um, one of the biggest pieces of this for me as a doula when I'm supporting an out-of-hospital birth is understanding what kind of support is helpful to the person, right? Um, because you're not getting the streamlined process in the same way that you're getting that at a hospital where you're kind of like one of many kind of getting pushed through the assembly line. Um, but you are getting the personality and the care of your team, right? And that should still be really individual to you. Um, in my experience, home birth midwife groups are really good at that usually, but it is very unique. And so being willing and able to say like, this phrase matters to me and that one I don't like is important, right? One of the things I like to encourage clients to do is look through some birth affirmations and decide which ones seem actually true to them because they vary a lot. And as a support person, if I come in saying the affirmations that I love and it makes you feel like start to question your safety or something like that, that's not helpful, right? I know that maybe sounds extreme, but that's true. Like if you're a person who loves an affirmation like um, your body was made to do this, right? Or like your body will open safely and allow your baby to be born, okay? If you like those affirmations, that's amazing. That's wonderful. I've had clients who have had past losses, right? Who have had traumatic birth experiences, who who those kinds of phrases actually trigger them to think about all the things that could possibly go wrong, right? And so for them, that is very unhelpful as a birth affirmation or an encouragement in the midst of labor. So it's really important in all settings, but especially when you're out of hospital and everyone's really coming into your environment for you to set the tone of what you want that support to look like and feel like for you. Um, And also, I mean, you have to work a little bit harder to give birth out of the hospital in terms of finding providers and getting your insurance to cover it and and like doing all that kind of stuff, right? And so you already have advocated for yourself some in that sense. Um, the other thing is advocating for yourself when you're ready for support and when what you want that to look like, right? Um, and if you do feel like your providers aren't listening to you or you're not getting consent before doing an exam or something like that, by all means, speak up for yourself. Um, I see that far less with out-of-hospital providers 
but it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, right? So um, this is a very small snippet and a conversation that needs to be much longer than this short podcast episode. Um, I would really love for you to consider checking out my course. If this is something that really resonates with you and you are pregnant, um, it's never too late to take the class because it is completely self-paced. And so if you're due like next week, you can get it done before next week, right? If you're due in five months, you can also do it. Um, it really hammers this in, like this informed consent and advocacy, decision-making, all of that, um, because I think it is just a vital part of the process. So I'd love for you to check that out. The link for a 10% discount since you're a podcast listener is below in the podcast show notes. Um, also, please go ahead and subscribe so that you get um, notice notifications when these new uh, episodes come out. And then also send me a message because I would love to know what questions you have that I can answer for you. Um, and I would love to just be able to make you a whole podcast episode that answers your questions. So um, that's all for today. I hope that you have lovely, well-informed consent-filled births, and um, I will see you again next week.